oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. Hey, One of Us Network listeners, this is Trevor from the Nighthawks podcast, invading your space to ask you to give us a spin if you like movies. And I'm Matt, joining Trevor to ask you to join our cult. May not be a cult. Probably a cult. On the Nighthawks podcast, we cover new movies, old movies, great movies, bad movies, so bad they're good movies. And we cover movies from Norway. One movie from Norway, one time. So far. And it was a really good movie from Norway. It is a good movie from Norway. It's got Stellan Skarsgård. Matt, this is a promo for our podcast, the Nighthawks podcast. Do you want people to listen to the podcast, or do you want them to watch In Order of Disappearance? Wasn't that the point of covering In Order of Disappearance on the podcast to get people to watch it? Fair enough. Watch In Order of Disappearance and then afterwards listen to our Nighthawks podcast episode on it. Or you could listen to an episode on any of the over 120 other movies we've covered. You can find us on Google Podcasts, Audible, Spotify, Stitcher, and at nighthawkspodcast.com. I'm just going to cut to the chase here because I know that this is something that every time we do a horror movie or a ghost movie and Brad is on the review, he just can't wait for me to introduce him so he can do his thing. All right. All right. Hey, we're reviewing this movie, Martyr's Lane. Uh, we've got Brad. Uh, hi. Oh, oh, messed it up. Uh, uh, you put too on. much pressure on me. Try it again. Try it again. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, ooh. So spooky. Yeah. He's like, hello. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hey, kitties, I'm here as well. <laughs> Sorry. That's epic. That's Bo, in case you couldn't tell. <laughs> and Luane. Hey, how's it going? It is indeed going, sir. Thank you for asking. We're reviewing the movie Martyr's Lane, which is premiered on Shudder, a ghost story that is an expansion of a short film from UK writer-director Ruth Platt. And this is one of these ghost movies that is told from the viewpoint of this small child, a 10-year-old girl who is kind of sick. She has asthma. She has nightmares. She lives in a big spooky house that feels like there's probably like eight other movies you could do about the other ghosts who almost certainly live in this place already. It's an Anglican <laughs> rectory so it's haunted as fuck her dad is the vicar he's not around a whole lot something's wrong with her mom we're not quite clear what's going on as the film goes on it's clear something happened in her past but doesn't really become clear till the third act or so in the film and leah just kind of floats around sometimes being tormented by her older teenage sister who likes to fuck with her basically one day she steals from the insides of this locket that her mom always wears that she's always like what is that locket what she always wears and she finds a curl of blonde hair in it. Almost immediately, a strange thing starts happening. She starts seeing this other little girl wearing a sort of grubby angel suit that is appearing in the area around her. And one night, little girl actually talks to her. And then the next night, she actually comes to her window, taps on the window and asks to be let in. And she's like, hi, let's be friends. Well, 
I don't think you have to be much of a savvy viewer to realize that this is no ordinary little girl. Like, just read one fairy tale. My God, don't do that. I mean, the film toys with the idea of her not knowing immediately that clearly this chick is not alive by things like, she must have just left through the window when I turned around. It's like, well, that little girl runs like the wind. Okay, I, I will say, like, the first time she meets her, it is daytime, it's not at night, and you see her at first and you're like, oh my god, that kid's really spooky. Is oh no, she looks okay. And then she's, like, knocking at the window, which is, hey kids. Don't ever let someone in your window. It's never a good idea. <laughs> yeah, but she's so lonely and isolated from everybody else because everybody knows something in this whole community, but they're not talking to her about it. And she's also living, fair enough, in a small village in England, which kind of begs the question why she doesn't know more about her mom's past. But there you go. There's no internet at this point, so <laughs> 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 she can't just Google her mom's name and... You don't see a phone or a computer or a laptop in this whole thing, so I'm assuming it must like take place in the 80s. <laughs> or it's a fairy tale, and yeah. you just negate that stuff. <laughs> Maybe a child respects her mom's privacy. <laughs> Brad, who earlier before we started, is like, oh, I hope they do a biopic. They tell all the bad stuff about me. I'm like, Brad, shut up. There is no bad stuff about you. <laughs> <laughs> Your children already know yeah. everything. Oh, yeah, I told them. At any age, as a kid, if... Somebody had shown up that I didn't know outside my window, I'd have just assumed they were something supernatural. Because again, I'm on the second floor as well, and what the hell are you doing here? The way that it was filmed, a lot of the encounters could have been a dream. Ooh, right. dream, dream. They already established she has nightmares. She has heavy, yeah. She's a heavy dreamer. So it takes a little while before we're really clear what's going on. And I think what that step is, really, like, okay, this is really happening, is when she tells the, the angelic little girl, look, I took something I wasn't supposed to, and now I lost the thing because the little blonde hair blew out the window. And she's like, oh... I will tell you where to find it, except when she would go, there wouldn't be it. There would be like a little block with a letter on it, like a little tiny, tiny, tiny charm bracelet block. They're playing it under the guise of the two truths and a lie game. You make three statements and then the other person figures out which one is the lie. And the bit is like, I know where that thing you're looking for is. Oh, that, that was the lie. Okay, well, clearly something real is happening. So either she's a ghost or the little girl's psychic or something. But it, the whole thing has such a spooky ambiance, really. I mean, like just the way that at night, the light coming in through her window and the billowy white window curtains. Each visit gets creepier and creepier until like by the near end, we're nearly at the little kid knocking on the window in, in Salem's lot level. <laughs> it's just like, how are you not like, how are you letting this person in? Is she a vampire? Does she get in every time now? Plus she seems to be degrading in physical quality <laughs> as each time she visits. She's a little more waxy, a little more corpsey, a little more bloody. And there's a point where she's like, look, I'm an actual angel. You can see where my wings are actually growing in. These are just fake. But if you take them off, you can look. And she peels them off and, well... <laughs> And all of a sudden, you're Griffin Dunn in An American Werewolf in London. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure Brad covered his eyes. Just like this, you know, with the peak. <laughs> Although a bit of a slow burn, I thought ultimately it was kind of charming. I think it definitely could have tightened itself up a little bit. And I thought that as it got towards the very, very end, I was a little like, that's not what I would have expected for this sort of behavior to happen from a, this particular supernatural being. It kind of went full the conjuring in the last like five minutes or so, but then ends on this sort of like shrug type, well, you know. 
Yeah, that's what I got to, and I think a lot of people are going to be confounded or disappointed, one of the two, by the end. But, like yourself, I found myself very forgiving of this movie because it's very atmospheric, and you know that's my fucking jam. Ghost girls in the bedroom playing games, fairy tale illusions? I'm fucking down, man. Oh, and you give me a biblical puzzle as well? Cool. These are all things that Bo enters into his porn search queries. <laughs> This is one of those that you kind of just got to let the atmosphere surround you and get into it. I think the young actress is terrific. I don't think they really explore nearly thoroughly enough the other characters, which is one of the problems. Like the mom seems like she is an interesting, complex character. She obviously has layers, but everything there is just there to make you wonder, what's up with this bitch? (laughs) And then get to the end. It took me a little while to realize that her dad and the vicar were the same person. Because the dad being dad guy, and then he also appears wearing a priest's frock. And it it took me a while to say, oh, those two beardy guys are the same guy. I get it. (laughs) Because for almost half of the movie, I was like, oh, they're Catholics. So this definitely makes sense. But no, they're Anglicans. I mean, just on this review alone, I keep mixing up Bradley and Luane. It's fine. It is atmospheric. There are some really interesting shots and some other things, but I think where I sort of struggled with this is with the narrative, the story, the script. It felt both super familiar and also just, what are you doing? I never quite really engaged with it. I think part of it was just because I had I struggled right off the bat with believing she's just going to engage with this thing that very clearly is not just a little girl. I've never been that lonely in my life that I'm like, yes, please, ghost child, come into my house and play creepy games with me. So it's fine, I guess. I mean, Chris would literally do that tonight if it happened. (laughs) Sure. And I probably would be more inclined to do that now than then. But I guess that was part of it for me. It felt like I could see the writing. I wanted to like it. I mean, like Bo said, this is kind of my thing. It's horror, and there's this sort of fairy element, and there's other weird stuff, and it's not an American movie, so that's in and of itself kind of cool when it comes to horror. And this just didn't engage me as much as I had hoped it would, I guess. I feel like if you have a kid who's like preteen, not much younger than that because their attention span isn't good enough for a movie like this, but they mm-hmm. you see that they actually like sort of spooky stories, this would be perfect for like a 12 sure. or 13-year-old or something like that, especially a little girl to watch, because it never gets too spooky. I mean, it's got some ooh parts, but I mean, I've seen episodes of Goosebumps that are as like, mm-hmm. you know, as dark and fucked up as this ever gets. It might be a good introduction for them or let's say if you're somebody, it's like I like spooky stuff but not really spooky stuff and I also like to read Jane Austen novels. <laughs> there you go. I also like English people. You know, it'll never stop bugging me that Wuthering Heights isn't actually a horror story. It is a horror story. Uh, Fuck is Heathcliff. it though? That, 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 he is a monster. He's just mad because he was never as popular as Garfield. <laughs> anyway, let's go to final thoughts. Uh, Bradley, why don't you get us started? Okay. Ooh. I love haunted houses, and this house was super spooky, as you pointed out. And everything's filmed so nice. There's tons of knickknacks everywhere. Like, these people don't throw anything away. It's bizarre and kind of creepy. But I wonder what that's maybe like. there's a reason why. <laughs> the wandering around at night, like, what? 
what is going on with that? Also loved it. There's a sequence in which the child wakes up or maybe has fallen asleep. We don't know. Dream logic. And I actually did watch that with my oldest daughter because she kind of peeked over and did what I was watching. Like, what's going on here? And then that sequence plays out and she's like, oh, that was kind of scary, huh, Dad? And I'm like, yeah, I guess. So you're definitely (laughs) right about that, Chris. I also really enjoyed this story. It's hard to say that this is a horror, really. Or maybe I'm starting to realize there's more to horror stories than, boom, gonna get you. I actually watched this twice. I loved it so much. But yeah, you guys make some good points. The older sister who I was waiting to get more from, because it's a good performance, especially in the sense that she's mean and cruel. But then, you know, she's not in the movie anymore. Okay, I guess she's just a mean, cruel older sister. Thanks. And then her father as well. He's a character, but because she has a father. Nothing really more than that. I also liked how the little girl asks those deep, difficult questions that grown-ups would rather not even engage with at all, because we never want to tell kids the answer to those things. Anyways, you'll have to see the movie to get into that. It's it's beautifully done. I'm going to give this 8 out of 10 toothpasty dog shits. <laughs> Luane? I think on a technical level, it's a good movie. It looks good. It sounds good. The performances are decent. Bradley's right. We could probably do more with some of the other characters. I also get that this is clearly like a meditation on grief, which that's cool. Tons of ghost stories focus on the inability to get past someone's death, whether it's someone you know or yourself. But this just feels like it maybe needed to swing further one way or the other, either more into the horror or more into the drama. I'd be willing to go either way with that. To me, this feels like the two kind of come together, and I don't think they complement each other as much as I'd kind of like. There are bursts of action in it, but it's almost like they're there to shake you up and make sure that you're paying attention. This is for somebody... I think maybe just not me. It's going to go right down the middle. 2.5 out of 5 charm bracelet letters. Bo? I absolutely agree that this is very much kind of a starter set, a horror movie. And if you're gauging your kids, especially a younger kid's interest in the genre, this is a good way to do it. Nothing's going to completely freak them out. You know, maybe a mild nightmare here and there, but that's what you get, kid. And I like the way that it's told from this perspective of the little girl. It kind of makes me wonder if maybe I'd be better off watching the short version of this because it feels like they were given an an extra 45 minutes and they didn't really know what to do with that that would make those other characters come alive a bit more because I think that is definitely legitimate criticism. That being said, there's so much creepy fun in this that I tend towards the I enjoyed this more than I didn't enjoy it. If the end's a little bit like, I enjoyed getting there, if nothing else. I'm going to recommend this. I give it 7.5 truths out of 10 lies. Yeah, I think I'm closer to Bo than anyone else on this review. I mean, I do think this is a good movie, but it definitely needs some fixing here and there. You know, this is a young director, writer, just getting started out, and this character is definitely all needed something more to do, some reason to be there, or some meaningful scenes that give you a bigger insight into their characters. And I don't feel like we really get that from anyone but the little girl, and then ultimately the mom, but just as kind of part of the plot, the major plot revealed towards the end. And as I said, well, there's not nothing inherently wrong with the ending. It just feels a little out of place. It suddenly goes from sort of a ghostly fairy tale for kids to 
being for about three minutes a straight up horror movie. And the rest of the movie isn't that way. So it was kind of like, why are we doing this? <laughs> I don't know. It felt like a strange choice. Uh, it's still very well shot. Everyone is actually good who's in this. And I definitely want to see whatever else comes from this director yes. who knows how to shoot this type of thing. That much is absolutely certain. The script needed a little more work. That's all. Need a little more polish because it's not quite there yet. But I did like it. And I'm going to give it seven out of 10 cakes that I totally would have just eaten right out of the garbage. <laughs> Man, if they had just had Bradley in there just making spooky noises. <laughs> <laughs> that would have brought me over to at least a three. 